tonight we talk about a couple of different things. We talk about yet another forward sign for the San Jose Sharks building the Guy Factory. Uh, we talk about some new sweaters, and we also take a look at division rival Los Angeles and Vegas Golden Knights. All that and more tonight on Teal Tinted Glasses. But as always, if you want to be part of the show, be sure to hit us up on all the social media. That way you will know what we think and when we are going live. If you want to help us on the YouTube specifically, uh, the easiest thing you can do is leave us a like. Uh, if you want to be more complicated than that, throw us a comment and, uh, you know, be a part of the show. Super excited to do this. It is me. It is Mr. Hockey Jerk. It is Teal Tinted Glasses. Mr. Hockey Jerk, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. I uh, the kids are back at school. Um, it's you know it's uh, that we had a little. I guess you guys are having like a super heat wave down there, but we had a little mild end of August heat wave that um, we almost broke because the summer has been kind of lame up here, and sure. we never we have an air conditioner like that. You put the hoses in the window and keeps the living room cool it never came out all summer except for like at the end of August, like we had to fight not to put it in. <laughs> cause it's like, cause we know like the second we put it in, the weather is going to be crap again. And it has cooled down significantly um, up here in Northern Ontario. But yeah, so it is, it is that. Yeah, it was interesting. So pretty much like pretty much all of July and August, it was at least here in, in the, uh, the desert of Las Vegas. It was actually, you know, one of the longest like monsoon seasons on record. You know, regularly humid and raining and cloudy, and it, it was kind of a interesting experience for me. You know, this is my third summer living here and the first time I experienced it. But with the uh, you know the Western United States heat wave going on, I'm kind of looking. I'm like, well, this isn't this isn't all that different from you know like what it's been the last week or so is actually pretty common for Las Vegas summer. But then, you know, I talk to, you know, family and friends and people in the server who all live in Northern California and they're going through what I'm going through here. And it's like, Oh shit. Like mm. <laughs> we have the infrastructure for that here right. in, in Northern California. You don't. So, uh, yeah, wild, uh, wild stories coming out of there. It was actually, you know, yesterday I was on the phone uh, with a friend in Las Vegas and San Jose, both 111 Fahrenheit. So, yeah, what do you think? It's too hot for me, man. I mean, at least at least like for you guys, like it's like in the, especially in Vegas, like it's more other than monsoon season. Obviously, it's more of a dry heat, which mm -hmm. is way way less terrible than humidity. Humidity is the worst thing that has ever been invented and i wish the person who invented humidity would be punished severely yeah when you you know it was uh um you know in in las vegas you know our our humidity kind of hovers around between five and twelve percent i would say mm -hmm. uh which is low obviously and you know during the monsoon monsoon season we were regularly in the 40 to 60 range oof yeah that is crazy well 
I mean, I, I, I know that people probably aren't here for our weather reporting skills. Uh, hey, we're talking about the Golden Knights tonight, and that's the Golden true. Knights play in Vegas. That's that's true. That's that's a very, very good point. Um, Bob Blastly in the chat just saying, hello there from hot California, 115 degrees yesterday. Yeah, I don't envy that, man. I, I don't envy. I don't envy at all. Um, I don't want to do the math to figure out that is in Celsius, which is how I do temperatures. Uh, but I'm sure it's a lot. Um, that would be, that's, um, 46 Celsius there. Oh God. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, all right. Um, like I said, in the opener, uh, the sharks, uh, added another guy to the guy factory. Uh, we got Fetchnikov, but not the good one, which is sad. Uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, 25 years old, one year, two way contract, uh, making a decent uh, chunk of change in the AHL, though. Uh, 750K uh, in the NHL, 350K in the AHL. It's a nice little deal for him. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have a lot here. Like, I just, to me, I'm like, okay, another, like, literally another guy in the guy factory. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a week ago with Jonah Gadjevich, where. The yes, Sharks, not Noah Gadjevich, by the way. <laughs> you know the the Sharks they they uh, they make a habit of you know taking care of their AHL guys, um, which is nice to see. Um, if I'm being totally honest, this signing got a lot more conversation on social media than than I think than I thought it it would. To be totally mm-hmm. honest with you, I'm I'm expected or I'm sorry, I'm surprised that Svechnikov got another contract. To be totally honest with you. Like he's been, if you ask me, I know there were some debates once upon a time, uh, you know, on whether or not he was a, a, a true legit, you know, BC kind of prospect. And obviously that's not gone anywhere, but I'm, I don't know that I've ever been truly hyped over what he has to bring to the table. And then, so to see the sharks bring him in, I'm kind of like, okay, so one of two things, you know, he'll go to the Barracuda and he's a really good AHL player. Mm-hmm. So he'll go to the Barracuda. And it'll be awesome, or it'll just be another out of place guy in the NHL. He's, and, I mean, he is six three, so that's important. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like I'm looking at the numbers here. I mean, like he he stuck most of the season with the Winnipeg Jets last year, uh, which where he played, and he had seven goals, twelve assists. So I mean, if you can get a guy who can, you know, if he can be a fourth line guy, but again, like I look at this lineup and I'm like there's a lot of fourth line guys on this team. That's all the sharks have. Right. Like, and I just, so I, I like in a bubble, like this signing, I wouldn't super bother me. And I think having another guy who's like a reliable hand in the AHL, that's, that's not a bad thing either. No, I, I, I think like, there's a lot of guys, like I'm really excited to play on this Barracuda team, but at the same time, like you do want to insulate them somewhat. And I, I think, Bringing in a guy like Svechnikov and having that role, if that's what the plan is, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, like you said, you know, <clears throat> he's definitely, you know, his ceiling is, is a fourth-line NHLer at this point, which is fine. You need those players. But I don't know. I just I, – I, I'm – I'm much more fond of the fourth line wingers that the Sharks already have. And so yeah. to me, I I would just plan for him to be on the Barracuda. I mean, that's what I would do. I I think I think the Sharks honestly have twelve or thirteen forwards who I would put ahead of him in the depth chart. And so I don't know. I just 
It, it, it's weird to me. If, if Barracuda is not the plan, it's, it's just weird to me that it's like, you know, I understand the bottom six has been bad the last three years, but you don't need to have like a full-on competition for, you know, a fourth-line spot. You know what I mean? Like it, Yeah. It just feels like the whole lineup is fourth-liners. It's it's yeah I don't like like I feel like the bottom six has like double the amount of players that you require for a bottom six, right? And I don't I mean like I guess I guess the competition's going to be fascinating, but not really because it's like uh, is 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 the bottom six going to move the needle for the Sharks this year? I don't think so. I mean, I definitely think it will be better than last year's last three years. Sure, but. That doesn't really mean anything if your top end talent isn't good enough to match that. And I don't know. The more I just look at all the bodies the Sharks have, you know, it it, it has me kind of nervous that maybe Eklund and Bordalo are not in the plans for the NHL. You know, I mean, yeah. Cap Friendly has the Sharks uh, holding 15 forwards right now, and that does not include either Eklund or Bordalo. Yeah. And so it's, uh, I don't know, if, if I had to put my GM hat on and kind of analyze the situation, it doesn't look to me like they're going to, uh, like they're going to start in the NHL unless, you know, and I think I talked about it last week, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I would be surprised if, I said I would be surprised if the Sharks were done and turns out they weren't. Um, I still kind of feel that way. I mean, I wonder about like Benino, I wonder about Matt Nieto, you know, like I do wonder about these guys and. So we'll see, but I'm. It's a very curious case with the Sharks right now, to say the least. Yeah, I think like again, like training camp's gonna be fascinating. It's funny because like for as much as I spent the most of the summer just grumping about how bad this team's gonna be, the closer we get, the more excited I get. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I don't think like the team is going to be good, but I there's, I mean, and maybe this is just like kind of just speaks to the state of the team, right? Where I'm like what are they going to do with all this, with all these bottom six guys? And, you know, if that's, what's fascinating me going into the season, that's probably not a great state of affairs, but I can't help it. Like I'm (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of, I'm getting, you know, as, as we draw closer to the season, these things are exciting me probably more than they should. Well, it's like I said, you know, like I said last week, like you have, you know, a team that has been bad for the last three years. And I think we're in agreement. They're going to be bad again this year. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just something about, you know, your team and they're coming back. And I don't know. There's just something about it that's exciting. Like, I'm excited, too. I don't know what I'm excited for, right. but but I'm excited. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I'm always excited for hockey to start, cause especially because, like, I'm like a one sport guy, right? Like, I don't really watch other sports. So, like, right. none of this other, like, the NFL starting soon doesn't excite me. Baseball doesn't excite me. So, I mean, I, 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 we were lucky we had the world juniors kind of late into the summer like we did because it kind of wet my appetite for for hockey a little bit so it wasn't like the complete dry spell but yeah i think it's just nice to get the new season started even if it's gonna bring a lot of pain yeah i'm kind of the same way you know a little bit like definitely a one sport kind of guy you know i'm last couple of years i have gotten more into the nfl mm-hmm. um but it is definitely hockey that does move the needle for me. And I know like usually that first month or six weeks of the season, like I'm really juiced on it. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm watching one to two games a day, you know? 
and then of you know my fiance is like oh you want to do something and i'm like i guess you know so that i am excited for because like i'm like you you know just even it doesn't even have to be the sharks just put the game on and i'm like yeah let's go rock on you know yeah yeah absolutely um so earlier this week, we had some... Uh, oh, so uh, just AJ in the chat bringing us up. Vegas odds makers project the points over under at 77 and a half. Uh, the Sharks finished last season with 77 points. I I, I might take the under there. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. If I was a betting man, I might take the under. But I'm not because I'm a coward. <laughs> I, you know, and you're not allowed to do this, but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like they end up right where the over-under is set. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so earlier this week, uh, they came out with um, uh, looks like a new sweater, uh, like basically a whole new kit combination for the Sharks here. Um, what did you make of the uh, of these teal and white uh, sweaters? I think on their own and and shout out to puck guy for whipping up a yeah a, a I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show puck guy's mock-up in a second these this was the original um leaked image of it um and i'll throw up puck guys uh you know in a in a vacuum I, in a vacuum i think the jerseys are actually quite nice they're interest i mean you always need to see them in person like mock-ups Correct. will only mock-ups will only do so much for you but i think the jerseys are decent where i'm completely uninterested in this is the kits i mean i mm-hmm. think the teal i think the teal pants are tacky i think the teal helmets are tacky i think the socks are boring yeah you know i i you know i know that i know that sharks fans are have kind of fallen out of love uh with you know black jerseys and black uniforms and kits and all that kind of stuff but like i feel like in order for the sharks uniforms to really pop it needs that black color in there to like break things up yeah, that and that's kind of my thoughts too. Like, I really like. Okay, I don't. I don't want to say I really like them. They're fine. Like, I think that the 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 sweaters. I I like the idea. They're fine. They're different. I mean, obviously, like they're not the. You know, a lot of people want them to go back, and I would include myself in that. Uh, you know, to go back to the original sweaters full time. Um, I don't. I I don't mind the new logo. Like, I think if you went back to the original sweaters with the new logo like that, it would be my super sweet spot. But I agree with you, like, on the kit itself. Like, the I think the pants, it's too much teal. Like, mm-hmm. and I like teal. Don't worry. I really, really like teal. Um, but I don't know. I just, I am not a fan of, like, just being completely tealed out. Um, but, like, I, the sweaters, though, like, I don't mind them. Like, I, I, I like the striping. I like the, I, I'm a big fan of, like, the Circle Fin logo. So any sweater that has those, I'm always going to kind of go nuts for those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't hate these. Like, I don't know when the plan is to use them. I can't seem to. We have a lot of, a lot of mixed like information on when we might see these actually be debuted. I don't know. Like, I but I don't hate them. Like, I don't know if I'd run out to buy one, but I don't hate them. Yeah, like I said, they're not the, they're not the worst I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the sharks have had worse sweaters. Totally, and I just at the same time, I'm just. I'm, I just find myself asking why, you know what I mean? Like, what is, like, what is so bad about what the sharks have now? You know what I mean? Well, that's because like, everyone has one. I mean, this is the, this is what you have. This is the game. You have no, to release I, new sweaters to make people buy new sweaters. 
I I understand that, but at the same time, and and AJ, goddamn, I don't know how many times AJ's made this point. Like, if you're changing your jerseys every seven years, mm-hmm. like you're not really creating an identity. You know, you're not really creating something that people will look at and they'll say, you know, oh yeah, that's the Sharks jersey. You know, mm-hmm. I understand that it's a money grab, but you know, at the same time, if you're cycling things out every seven years, I mean, you know, it's gonna it's gonna get old real quick and you like you mentioned, you have a lot of people who they want the Sharks to go back to the original logo and the inaugural era jerseys mm-hmm. and uniform kits. And if by doing this, that's more years down the road that they're not going back to what pretty much everybody wants. Yeah. And and I understand, you know, it's you just look at it, and especially on the white one, you know, it's very obvious that uh, these are inspired by the inaugural era jerseys Definitely. with obviously a modern twist to it and... I don't know. I think everybody knew what they wanted, and this is not that. But I was, I was not really interested in, uh, you know, the Sharks' current jerseys uh, when the when they were unveiled in 2013. And now I think it's one of the best jerseys in the league right now. So you definitely need to see it in person. You need to see the actual physical thing. I mean the. The the fact that Puck Guy was able to make a very clear HD mock-up off of a leaked cell phone picture is impressive. Yeah. But it's still not enough to get a full vibe on the jersey. Yeah. No, I, I really like Puck Guy's mock-up here. Uh, so so definitely, like I said, kudos to him. Um, yeah, I mean, the chat seems pretty... Uh... Chat seems pretty split on them. Uh, poll says, you know, we have 62% saying yay, uh, 38% saying nay. And like a lot of like a lot of comments here. I'm not going to just like I'd be here throwing up comments in the chat for a few minutes here. But, um, you know, uh, but a lot of people like, you know, a lot of people echoing in the chat, you know, at least um, mentioning like at least there's no orange, which I'm I'm, I'm on board with, um, you know, but a lot of people saying like, yeah, they they wish that there was a little more contrast. Um, right so we'll and, and, and you've seen like <clears throat> and I believe it was AJ who mentioned in the chat how a mm-hmm. uh, couple years ago you know Colorado completely they dumped the black helmets and the gloves and mm-hmm. the pants and they went for blue and, and you know once upon a time I thought that was one of the best you know Colorado's uniform kit was one of the best in the league and going from black to blue I think has made it worse and, and you know the the Golden Knights and the Predators doing the gold helmets, I think, is really tacky. Um, weirdly enough, I think the Kings, like, chrome helmets actually kind of works in a weird way. But, you know, all these, like, whatever you want to call it, these, you know, I know color rush is, like, an actual legit term. But whatever you want to call it, color blast or, you know, color explosion, whatever you want to say. Like, it's very obviously becoming a trend, and I don't know that I like it. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Um, all right, so uh, that is the hockey jerseys. All right, so I mean that concludes our sharks news for this evening. Sorry, <laughs> have guys. a good night, everybody. Like, yeah, have a good night, everyone. Um, which brings us to um, you know looking around the division again, and I basically with with things kind of going to like an absolute drip feed now for news. Like I mean, we could start grabbing stuff from all around the the league, I guess, and trying to to run with that. But I thought instead of doing that and instead of having like a super short show, we'd kind of double up the divisional teams. So I thought, why not? 
you know, I think, I think, and I think it's going to work really well for this show too, because last show we talked about, um, the Vancouver Canucks and we talked about how there's kind of like a blender of three teams. And now we kind of get to talk about the other two teams in that blender. Um, mm-hmm. the first being the Vegas Golden Knights, which we'll do first. And then the, uh, Los Angeles Kings. Um, and yeah, so I just think that'll be, you know, I thought that would make more sense instead of, otherwise this show would be really, really short, I think. So and before I feel like before, we cheat people if we do short shows. <laughs> I agree with you know the uh, the long shows are definitely part of part of what makes us us. Uh, before we get into the fun, uh, there is some chatter in the chat about whether or not you got a haircut. Oh no no! Uh, I just um, I, my hair is finally long enough that I can tie it back a little bit. So it's just tied back. There's no haircut. It's still long. It's just long Do enough we... now that I can tie it back. Do we have a do we have an ETA on the haircut or are you all in? Oh no, I I've gone this far. I I, <laughs> I I lasted through like for me. The thing about growing out your hair is like you have to accept that there's going to be a phase where you're just absolutely going to hate it for a little bit. Sure. And I'm past that point now. Like so, I've come this far. Like now, why would I cut it? Like I finally get it to the point where I'm content with it. So. I think, you know, because last year it was all about the, you know, it was all about Martin Jones and Correct. his save percentage. Yeah. Where I, maybe you need to find a new one for this year. Like, yeah, I don't No, I like my hair. 40 goals for Hurdle, you know? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like what, what? maybe, maybe you don't cut your hair until the Sharks win the Stanley Cup, you know? Like, maybe. But like right now, I'm 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 content, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I like it. Um, But yeah, sure. obviously, like originally like obviously we were still kind of like coming out of covid we said like lockdowns going on like when the bet was made there were still lockdowns and stuff right and doing things like cutting your hair was a pain in the ass so i'm like well whatever like if i'm gonna do this bet i'm gonna make it worthwhile right so i'm gonna let my hair grow as long as it can get and if i have to shave it then it's gonna have a lot more impact than if i just had like a normal haircut and then we shave my head i mean maybe it would be the, the same for you know the end result but i thought whatever now I made it through the summer. It's it's fine. Mm-hmm. There you have it. There you have it. All right. Um, so do you want to talk about Vegas Golden Knights then? Uh, <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so here's the, the situation with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, current cap hit, uh, 92736310000 for those keeping track of the salary cap. That puts them over the cap by 10236310 Now, again, important to note that this is just Cap Friendly's current numbers. These aren't the final numbers. Vegas will figure it out. They have guys that they can put on the LTIR. That will significantly yeah. eat into this this cap number. Yeah, um, worth 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 mentioning that with Shea Weber, which mm-hmm. reminder if you in case you forgot that they acquired Shea Weber, with Shea Weber's contract and with Robin Leonard, uh, that's going to allow them to exceed the cap by thirteen million dollars, just about. So, for mathematical purposes, they are under the cap. Not well, I should say they're not under the cap, but they're mm-hmm. under their cap. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So, <laughs> however you want to slice that one up. Um, so obviously, here's the here's the subtractions and oof. All right. So the oh, the guys subtractions. Obviously, Peter DeBoer got fired and his coaching staff is now gone. Well uh, deserved. They gave Max Pacioretty away for nothing. 
amazing, amazing asset management. Uh, yep. They lost Matthias Manmark, uh, Evgeny Nadonov, obviously, and Dylan Coughlin coming in. Obviously, Bruce Cassidy will be uh, taking over the coaching for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they brought in Sikari Menonen, Phil Kessel, and Aiden Hill, which we talked about on the last show. Um, Nick Hag is still without a contract, so they need to sort that out at some point. Um, and obviously, like you said, Shea Weber, uh, Robin Leonard, both on the IR. Uh, Nolan Patrick, I couldn't find any status for him, but I'm assuming he will be okay. Yeah, I'm, I assume so. I, I believe the last I had heard was that he was going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's another, that's a body for them, and he's relatively cheap, so. Yeah. But I, mean, I, th- I think, like, the first thing that stands out to me is I know people are going to, and I, and I've seen it on Twitter, right, mm-hmm. where people are saying, oh, you know, talking about Yevgeny Dadanov and Dadanov and specifically just how like oh my god you tried to trade him and you got him back and then he was the best player for you and then you gave him away for Shea Weber's contract and like I've, I've seen all the words on it yeah I don't think it's stated enough uh how how important it was getting Shea Weber's contract I mean mm-hmm. like obviously in a perfect scenario if you're trading to Donov you want to get something tangible for him like a physical asset whether that's a draft pick or that's a player that puts on your uniform yeah but cap space is it's especially now with everything going on you know kind of post pandemic even though the pandemic's not really over like cap space is probably the biggest asset you can bring in for your team yeah yeah no i mean and and this team is a (laughs) cap wise i mean this team is a disaster like i just i can't imagine giving away a guy like Max Pacioretty for, for futures. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously like with the way, I mean, you look at, look at their cap, like their, uh, you know, their depth chart. Right. And Mm -hmm. like they, they made the big move for Jack Eichel, which I, I actually quite like that move. I think they need a player like him at the center ice position. But so you have Jack Eichel, you have, um, you have Chandler Stevenson, who's been very good for Vegas since mm-hmm. he's been there. And you have Nick Waugh, who came into his own as well, uh, especially last year. So you've already got three solid centers right there. Mm-hmm. I'm The thing that I'm just wondering is, how are you not looking at William Carlson and being like, yeah, this is the guy that we need to give away for free? I mean, good player, don't get me wrong, yeah. but is he, a, is he a $5.9 million player? I think the stats would tell you that he's not, considering... Every year he's been on Vegas, his points, his total points have gone down every year. And it's been five years. Yeah. That's the guy I would have given away for free. But is that the guy that someone else takes for free? I think the right team would. I mean, like I said, he's a, he's a good player. He is good. No, like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't, I don't dislike William Carlson. I agree. Like, I think his, his ticket's a little high. Right, and I, I, he's a good player, and obviously him and Smith and Marshall have been a very good line, but I just feel like having Carlson on the books, like, if they don't trade for Jack Eichel, then it's not a big deal. Right. But you have Eichel, and by keeping Carlson, like, if you ask me, you're boxing in Stevenson, you're boxing in Nick Waugh, like, it's not, I don't know, it just doesn't feel very conducive to development for me, or really, like, team building, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. not team building like everybody be a best friend, but team building like actually building a team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look at this team and like, you, you know me, like I've always been high on this team, maybe higher than I should have been last year. Sure. Um, you know, like I really like, I really like guys like Robin Leonard, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I feel. He's an easy guy to root for. He is. I, I think he is too. I like Jack Eichel. I know a lot of people don't like, like Jack Eichel has a lot of detractors. I don't, I think it's overblown. Like I don't look at Jack Eichel and be like, when you look at what happened to this team last season, like I know Jack Eichel's an easy guy to pick. Oh, well he was in Buffalo and Buffalo was awful. And then he came to Vegas and Vegas missed the playoffs. Like science. Right. But I don't, I think that's unfair. I mean, especially like post, you know, like obviously they they acquired him and then he didn't play for three months. But like once once he started playing games for them, yeah, like that that remaining stretch of the season, I, I want to say it was what was it? It was thirty four games. Mm-hmm. He was their best player in those thirty four games. And I just and I don't know. I I mean I <laughs> like being a, especially as Sharks fans, like talking mm-hmm. about Vegas is the one team where I feel like you have to tread lightly otherwise you're gonna get an earful I don't but care. <laughs> no i don't care either but you know it's, it's a thing yeah, um for sure i just i don't know i feel like ever since and and there's been a lot said and we're gonna say a lot about vegas's aggressive uh acquiring of star players but i feel like i don't know because of maybe maybe there's a little bit of warm and fuzzies towards that inaugural team i kind of feel like players that play really well especially in the case of jack eichel as i said he was their best player Mm -hmm. uh it it doesn't matter if you're the best player and the highest scoring player within a stretch because you know they had to give up somebody they liked to get to you and it automatically you know they turn on you just because you're not who was their year one eric holla you know what i mean like and, and and i've always as, as much as again we've talked about it as much as vegas has been extremely like just flagrant with their acquiring of players. Like they've got some good players and I don't know if you heard, but uh, good players make teams good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when I look at this team, like I look at this four group now, obviously Mark Stone's health is in question is going into the season. Like it sounds like he's going to miss camp. So I wonder if he's going to have a hard time maybe getting going when he finally gets into the lineup. And this is the thing that really, I, I, the guys over at Sinbin did a really good article after the end of the season when management came out and said, oh, well, injuries, injuries, injuries. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Like injuries were the plan. That was the plan. We were, they were going to mm-hmm. use the injuries to fudge all the cap and bring in Jack Eichel. Like you can't use injuries as the plan and then cry injuries when you miss the playoffs. Like that was the whole, the whole game plan. Right, and I thought it was like it was such a well written article. Like I, I really enjoyed it, and I think I think the Sinbin guys do pretty good work. I know they don't like Sharks fans, and they don't like the Sharks very much, and they say mean things about us sometimes. But I, like I, I do think that they are pretty honest about covering that team. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, and and you know what? I there's especially at forward. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like. 
I don't know. I always look at. Uh, obviously, we know what the goaltending is. You know, Robin Leonard is. He's not playing this year. Right. Like he's he's having surgery on both his hips, Jeez, which is yeah, which is insane. Cool. At thirty one, like yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I've and I've kind of said it all along, and I still believe it to be the case. But I think with the Golden Knights, as long as they have Petrangelo, Martinez, and Theodore on defense, mm-hmm. they can kind of figure out the rest. Yeah. You know, and, and they have White Cloud, who's good. Nick Haig will obviously, once they sort out the long-term injured reserve stuff, Nick Haig will sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Braden McNabb, but obviously he's played well there. So they, they've got guys who can fill in those. I think he does fine for what his job is. Sure, he's fine, but I just, I don't know. I And, and maybe it's, maybe, you know, maybe Nick Haig grows into that player, but I've always felt like they could do better than Braden McNabb. Yeah. You know, because they kind of, I mean... You know, they have Zach Whitecloud. They have Ben Hutton. Like, they, mm-hmm. I don't know. They kind of already have these guys. Um, even though McNabb is a bit more of a bruiser, which I understand. Um, but for me, the the big kind of key is the forwards, right? Because you know what you're going to get with goaltending. You know what you're going to get with defense. But forwards is the big one. I mean, as you said, I, you know, Mark Stone, kind of questionable for training camp. Supposedly, he's going to be ready for opening night. So we'll mm-hmm. see. You know, no more Max Pacioretty, obviously, who has the last pretty much since COVID has been a thing. Mm-hmm. I would argue Patrick Reddy has been their best player. Yep. And so that hurts. And, you know, I don't think people talk enough about how, about Riley Smith coming back. Like, I think that was really important for him to come back and he took the same deal that he was on previously. So he likes being there clearly. Yep. Um, so I, I don't think that's stated enough as to how important it is, but bringing in Phil Kessel, I, th- I thought that was that really was smart. Yeah, that was, that was super smart. Cause I, it, I mean, at 1.5, like, it's I, – I think there's no risk there. Like, we talked about this on the last on the last show, but, like, it's mm-hmm. such a it's such a no-risk thing because, like, even if – even if Phil Kessel is washed at this point, which I don't think he is, like, you're still going to get enough goals out of him to make up the 1.5. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he had 52 points last year. Like, that's – Vegas is going to need that. I mean, maybe, you know – I, I, I see a situation where he insulates right away, you know, mm-hmm. on the Jack Eichel line. I could totally see that, especially Jack Eichel is a bit more of a goal-scoring center, and I think that works with Kessel, who's kind of transformed into a playmaking winger a little bit in his older age. Yeah. And, you know, so I I honestly see that being a real fit, but, uh, you know, as I said, the big question mark for me is the forwards. I mean, where especially you are, you do have Eichel, and you are keeping Carlson, so then you know, what's the plan with Stevenson or Nick Waugh? Like, does one of them play wing? Like, does one of them get traded? Like, I'm just, I don't see a scenario where Nick Waugh gets traded. He just signed a big contract, but yeah. I do, but that I means do nothing wonder. In Vegas. Right, obviously. But I, I, I just do wonder between those two guys, Waugh and Stevenson, who've been very good for Vegas, I like how, how are they going to be affected by, uh, you know, by Vegas holding on to William Carlson? I mean, you know, Carlson makes more money. Actually, funnily enough, Carlson makes money more money than both of them combined. And Waugh and Stevenson, they both outscored Carlson last year. Yeah. So I think if I were to put a, you know, if I were to kind of get out a roster sheet and sort of to do a big red circle, it's William Carlson, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, obviously you have like a lot of, a lot of guys with with trade clauses um Mm -hmm. so i think that's gonna be like the thing that the thing with vegas that i've always had issue with 
is just how like because they obviously they always have to get the shiniest toy on the market regardless like long you know long-term repercussions be damned and i think it's it's kind of sad like i was obviously, obviously a sharks fan i love it but it's sad this is a team that i think has severely cut into what should have been a pretty significant window of contention right like, yeah, I agree. You know, and at at significant cost too. Like I think their reputation among other players in the league has to have taken a hit. Like obviously if you're a free agent and you're looking to sign a big contract, like are you looking at Vegas and being like, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be nice for a year and then they'll trade me." <laughs> right. Right. And, and 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 especially like you just look at the guys that they've thrown overboard the last couple right. of years, right? I mean, Pacioretty, mm-hmm. Evgeny Dadnov, Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Mark uh, Andre Fleury, you know, um, Nate Schmidt, who was very popular yep. uh, in Vegas, uh, Paul Stastny. I mean, they signed him to a, a decent deal, and he made it a third of the way through that. Yeah. Um, you know, they've. Really, I kind of feel like if you were to follow the breadcrumbs all the way back, I, I, I feel like this all starts with the, with them acquiring Tomas Tatar. Like, yeah. you know, that first that first season, you know, obviously we all remember, you know, they were the, uh, you know, they were like the Cinderella story out of nowhere, right? And mm-hmm. all of the sudden, instead of you know going from a million draft picks to two million draft picks, they actually were a good team and wanted to add. But you know, they they gave up a a boatload for mm-hmm. Tomas Tatar and I feel like since then it's just been a it's been a perpetual like sort of downward spiral where it it feels like they're just I don't know they're just chasing something yeah and you know, I mean they they give up a million picks for Tatar and then they yeah. give up Tatar and a bunch of stuff for Pacioretty and then they mm-hmm. give up Pacioretty for nothing and mm-hmm. then they same thing with Dadnov yeah I think for Tatar they give give like a, a first second and third round pick First, second, and third for Tatar. I right. mean, if you really want to follow the breadcrumbs. Oh, I know. It's, first, it's second, crazy. Like that trade is obscene. Yeah, first, second, third for Tatar. Then you turn around. Tatar, Suzuki, second for Pacioretty. Right. And then you give up Pacioretty for nothing. Yeah, like pfft. that alone. You know, that doesn't even factor in Dodonov or Nate Schmidt or Marc-Andre right. Fleury. I mean, these are like, especially with Marc-Andre Fleury, like for some reason, you know, they've like... Pittsburgh gave them a second round pick to take Marc Andre Fleury. So like they were already they were ahead of the game. They got a good goalie and a draft pick. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, it just feels like all the good that they did their first couple of years, they've just completely undone it all. You know, yeah. and it feels like feels like it all goes back to Tatar, where since then they're just I don't know, they're they're super aggressive. It feels like they're chasing a boulder that's rolling downhill and they're just never gonna catch it. Yeah. And and like and the thing with like Marc Andre Fleury, like Marc Andre Fleury, like not my favorite goalie. Like I think there's been a ton of revisionist history on Mark Andre Fleury over the last <laughs> there little totally bit. There totally has been. There totally has been. Um, but at this, like I, I think Mark Andre Fleury, like I understood it, right? Like Mark Andre Fleury not getting any younger. So at some point they had to tear that bandaid off. I know it wasn't a popular thing with the, with the fans, and obviously with Robin Leonard being out getting double hip surgery, like obviously in hindsight doesn't look like a fantastic move, but I think it was it made sense. Like that move made a ton of sense to me. Like, I think they had Leonard penciled in as the guy that was going to go, that was going to be the guy going forward. And they made the move. And I think for that, like I give them credit for 
for making a bold move like that? Because it wasn't popular at all. Right. No, especially. I mean, especially the fact that like the player, the player that Vegas ended up getting in that trade, like they, I'm pretty sure they put him on unconditional waivers, like less than a month after the trade. And I think the player unfortunately retired recently due to health issues. Mm -hmm. So it's like already it was like a bad trade for Vegas. And then now just because the player, I mean, they let the player go for free. It it automatically becomes a total loss on that part. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I feel bad. Um, so taking a look, because obviously, like we talked about, I think we just like hit on a big uh, thing, right? Like obviously, when you keep the thing with the Golden Knights is that not only have they put themselves in quite a bind right now, but they have sold futures. And look, it, I understand. Like this was a team that I think last year thought they were going to be a Stanley Cup contender, and and it, it rightfully so, out, and rightfully so. And I agree. I mean, like last year going into the season. I very foolishly, I don't think I foolishly said, I mean, in hindsight, it looks dumb, but I said it's going to be the Vegas Golden Knights and everyone else. Mm -hmm. And obviously that won't be the case this year. But so, I mean, obviously like selling futures, you have to sell futures to win now. Like that's the thing. But I think the thing with the Golden Knights is that they've sold so much that I think they're, I think they're, they're going to be a good team in the Pacific, but they're not the juggernaut that they were a year ago, two years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you look at, I mean, it's, it's not a terrible picture here. Like you got top prospects, you got like uh, Brandon Brisson, Lucas Cormier, uh, you know, Caden Korzacek. Like, I think those guys are still like, they still have good guys in their system. Like it's not completely bereft, but when you look again at the guys that they have sent out the door, like it's, Again, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad. Uh, looking at their draft picks, they got a decent amount of draft picks. I mean, they still have their first round pick this year, surprisingly. Um, they have <laughs> two thirds, one's Buffaloes, um, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. Now, obviously, you can add more picks as the season goes on, but I don't think like they're in a terrible position draft pick wise. Like, you, would, I'm kind of surprised that they have as much draft capital as they do mm-hmm. uh, yeah, going into this season, right? So, it's to me like it's going to be fascinating how this season pans out because I look at this team I like they're I think their defense is among the best in the Pacific rock solid yeah like it's rock like I said like I said Petro Martinez Theodore yeah yeah you got those three and you can figure out the rest absolutely my McNabb White Cloud Hutton Nick I mean Nick Haig I would say is the fourth of that Mm -hmm. kind of group I really like Nick Haig me too but like as long as you got the big three back there, like the rest will figure itself out. I think at least for defense. Yeah. Um, forward group, I, they should score goals. Is it going to be enough goals? That remains to be seen. But this team should score goals. Right. And I and I think what what uh, what will be interesting to see, and and hopefully they learn their lesson from the uh, <laughs> from the Shipashev uh, yes. disaster. But you know the. The player that they picked up from the KHL, uh, Mananen, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, very good in the KHL. Yes, the last the last four years, really good in the Swedish Hockey League as well and the Liga. I mean, he's been a force for mm-hmm. European hockey, and so I'm kind of horse eyeing him a little bit as like, yeah, that's a guy who's going to get a look. If I mean, if Mark Stone, I know he's pegged to be ready for opening night, but if he's not that's kind of my number one contender to be like, all right, you're with Jack Eichel. Let's show Let's us what, what you got. got. Yeah. I think, you or, know. and even if like, I think 
even if he starts in like Henderson. Right. And I then mean, gets called up. Like, I think, yeah, I agree. That was a sneaky, that was a sneaky good signing for them. I mean, obviously we all know where the hole is on this team. It's in goal. Right. Like, um, I don't like, I like Logan Thompson, but again, there's, I haven't seen enough of NHL Logan Thompson to be like, oh yeah, they're fine. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I like Thompson too, but I just wonder I wonder if the sample size is big enough to kind of put him in there in the starting position. And I think that's that's evidenced by the Golden Knights acquiring Aiden Hill. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, they, they wanted more insurance. And, you know, I am still 50-50 on whether Larry Brassois, A, is healthy, and B, even plays on this team. Like, I wouldn't right. be surprised if he ends up getting waived, to be totally honest with you. But, you know... Clearly, I think clearly Thompson is going to eventually be the guy there. At the very least, he's going to be the backup there. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not totally convinced he's there yet. Not for not for lack of skill or lack of numbers, but just a small sample size. I mean, yeah. he's played 20 NHL games over the last two years. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't have like again. I you know we said this. I said this last week. Like I'm not like huge on Aiden Hill. I always thought Aiden Hill should be the guy that was on the outs as far as going into the season, you know, with the Sharks. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to suddenly be like, oh, well, he's on the Golden Knights now, so they're, he's going to be great. Like, I'm not <laughs> sold that's the case. Right. Um. Yeah, so I mean, so I look at this team, like, you know, and which brings us to the question. I We'll, we'll, we'll do the rankings after we talk about the, the, the Kings. But, like, are they on the right path? I, it's hard to say because I think this is the one thing that I always bring up, right? Like everyone always gets mad about Hasso Plattner because he says nothing. Well, here's the here's the argument for Hasso Plattner being quiet and saying nothing is Bill Foley. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's easy to jump on the management group, you know, jump on Ke- Kelly McCrimmon and whatever. But like to me, I don't think those guys get to do anything without Bill Foley over their shoulder. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but, I mean, the fact that, like, obviously we know Hassel Plattner's name because, you know, we are Sharks fans. We Mm -hmm. cover the Sharks. Obviously, we know Hassel Plattner's name. But, like, you know, honestly, like, there's very few, um, there's, like, there's very few non-Sharks teams that that I know the owner's name. And in... You know, I, I know a few. Cases, like, yeah, I know a few, and it's mo- like, in most cases it's the it's the it's the ones that you know kind of like to go into business for themselves a little bit. For sure, you know the uh, the Eugene Melnicks of the world. Yeah. The um, God, he's damn. It's slipping my my brain right Team. now. Buffalo. Uh, Pagula. Yeah, Terry. You know the Pagulas, like. Definitely likes to go into business Jeremy for himself Jacobs. a little bit. Jeremy Jacobs in Boston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you notice how the only the only non sharks owners we know, yeah, it's because they, you know, they uh make a habit of, you know, getting involved. And 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 you you need a good balance. Like obviously the owner is paying for everything. Absolutely. Like, you, want, you want them to give a shit about the product. <laughs> Definitely. But if but if they but if they want to be the general manager, then don't hire someone to be the general manager. Just do yeah. it yourself. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like my thing. So I don't, I just feel like, like, I think at some point, like, I, I think if Vegas somehow f- the bottom falls out again this year, like, I, I feel like the management group is going to get fired. And look at, and I think, again, 
when you look at how this team has mismanaged assets and everything, like probably justifiably so, but I just wonder if that solves the problem when you have an owner like Bill Foley, who is maybe a little more active than you would like him to be. Right. Um, so I don't know, I, like, know, it's hard to say, like, are they on the right or path? I, I don't think they're on the right path. I think that, and then watch, they're going to go and win a cup this year and make me look like an idiot again. Cause this is what this team does to me. Constantly I mean, it makes just, me look dumb. You know, when I was, I was reviewing our notes earlier today and I, mm-hmm. and I was completely prepared to say that Vegas was not on the right path just because of everything that they've done the last two years, you know, the yeah. trades they've made and, you know, how they've treated players and, and all that kind of stuff. But just like looking at the team that they have as as it stands right now, you know, they've got draft pick capital. They don't have a lot of prospects, but they've got some prospects. Mm-hmm. I like I'm not as down with saying they're not on the right path as I as I was, you know, 10 hours ago. Yeah, but I don't know that I'm ready to say that they are on the right path either. I feel like they're right at the they're right at the fork. They're and there. I, th- they're there. They're right at the fork. And I think, depending on what happens, I think we'll determine where they're going. Because I, I mean, as a Sharks fan, I would love for them to keep throwing grenade after grenade onto this team. I would love Absolutely. it. But I feel like, especially with Pacioretty and with Evgeny Dadunov, I sort of get the impression that Vegas has maybe learned the lesson a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they can only get, you know, PP whacked so many times before they learn and right. I think they've I, I it, it seems to me like they've learned yeah and look at you know the one thing that I really like for them is is not that I like as a Sharks fan but what I like for them as a guy who talks about hockey I mm-hmm. think Bruce Cassidy is a hell of a hire oh huge like by all accounts when he became available Vegas completely shifted on their plan yeah. for a head coach so Good on them, like you said, for going after, I would argue, the best candidate on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we'll again, we're going to do, we're going to talk about the LA Kings, and then we'll kind of figure out where we're going to rank both of them, uh, and I think that'll be fun, too. Uh, so, let's talk about the Los Angeles Kings. They are, obviously, they made the playoffs last year. I think they surprised a lot of people with how well they did. I think we, we <laughs> not all AJ. thought that they were on the, <laughs> well, not AJ, but I think a lot of people thought they were on the come up, but again, I don't think everyone thought that the Golden Knights were going to fall apart like they did. Right. I, I, I kind of felt like L.A. was like maybe a year early. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, current cap hit for the L.A. Kings is $80,986,667. Um, projected cap space is one point five one point five one three 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 into oblivion. Um, again, those numbers are just cap friendly right now. They don't they will change probably as the season approaches. Uh, yeah, they on, got um that that's with them having 15 forwards on the roster. Correct. So again, you know, that that number will change. Um a few subtractions not not again like the, I was surprised I'm glad we kind of combined these teams cuz the LA Kings really didn't do that much this summer. <laughs> uh Dustin Brown retired uh Andreas Athanasiu, Olimata and Troy Stetcher are all the guys that were subtracted. Um, and coming in is Kevin Fiala, which I think was a good move for them. Uh, they do have a little bit of dead cap in, uh, they still have Dion Phaneuf's cap hit, uh, 1.062 million for this season. Uh, obviously IR players, um, Drew Doughty should be good to go. Uh, Sean Walker should also be, uh, ready for camp, but he may need some extra time to 
recover. Uh, so again, like this team isn't a whole lot different uh, than it was last year. I mean, if you, ask, I mean, they're definitely better. I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I think, I mean, with the, with the exception of the Sharks, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like every team in the Pacific we've talked about up to this point, and ALA Kings are no different. You know, if, if you sort of critique a team in in three portions, you know, forward, defense, goaltending, I feel like every team in the Pacific we've talked about to this point has two out of three covered, and then mm-hmm. there's one third where it's like mm, i'm not so sure and and for me that's the la kings right like i in goal i mean quick stole the net back last year yep um so you think okay even if he regresses a little bit he's still a good goalie and they have cal peterson i'm a big fan of cal peterson and so i think you're solid there the forwards i mean geez i i mean they got a lot you know and I, I like Adrian Kempe, but I was a little nervous about him. And, and you know, mm-hmm. they got a lot out of Adrian Kempe. They got a lot out of Trevor Moore. And Victor Arvidsson was hurt a lot of the year. Yep. So that offense was good last year, was not at full potential. You know, and now you, you have Kevin Fiala coming in, which I'll be honest, I was a little, you know, on tilt to see him go to L.A. Because I, I didn't think L.A. paid nearly as much as they should have to acquire him. And so I think on forward, I think L.A. is completely deadly. And for me, we're going back to, you know, the third, you know, sort of breakdown. For me, it's the defense that's a total. It's not even a question mark. It's multiple question marks. Yeah. 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 I look at this blue line. This blue line is young. Uh, Obviously, like you have look at you're going to have. um drew Doughty back which i think is gonna help it you know he, he's a guy who can still eat a lot of minutes and you know he can still put points up um again like you know i'm curious to see like again like if sean walker like i don't but again like is sean walker a three four guy i i think at best he's a middle pairing guy I think you could probably say the same thing about Matt Roy. Yeah. And and then so then and they're decent. Like they're definitely guys mm-hmm. who should be on there should be on the team. But then you go from there and it's like, okay, Sean Dersey, really good rookie year, but mm-hmm. there's no guarantee he's gonna keep doing that. Tobias Bjorn fought, we'll see. Jordan Spence, we'll see. Mikey Anderson, we'll see. Alex Edler just won't go away. No. And <laughs> you know, so it's it's um I don't mind like I, I think I think Alex Edler was an interesting ad. De- definitely, because I, I, like I think like this, these there's this like again they're young, right? So I think having a guy who's been around as long as Alex Edler. Yeah, I helps. I'm I'm a I like Alexander Edler as a third pairing defenseman for him for, sure. for this team. I I think that's actually quite nice for them. But I mean, Dursey, Bjornfot, Spence, you know, like Mikey Anderson, like these are it. it and they're young, like they're still mm-hmm. growing. So I feel weird, but it, saying this, but it's like it, it feels, it feels patchwork a little bit. Yeah. Where it's just like we don't have anybody else, so we'll just put our young guys in, and and you know, especially Bjornfot and Spence, like they can go back down to the AHL, and and I know, I know Bjornfot played, you know, a, a, a good amount of games. He played seventy games last year. Um, Spence playing twenty four. So, you know, obviously they were established NHLers, but I just wonder. Like, I wonder if what one more defenseman would have done for this team. Like, I like them mm-hmm. picking up Kevin Fiala, 
But I wonder, I mean, they got Arvidsson. You know, Trevor Moore emerged. Adrian Kempe emerged. Ayafalo had a down year. I almost wonder if it would have made more sense to go after a defenseman instead of Kevin Fiala, as much as I like Fiala for this team. Yeah, that's, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Now, like, again, I really like this team. Like, I look at this team, like, future-wise, and I think they're in such great shape, right? Like, totally. Anze Kopitar, like, doesn't age, it feels like. <laughs> Accurate. Because he, he's a zombie. He just finds another, yeah, he just finds, he finds another level every year. Like, I, I think, like, so you look at him, like, as long as, like, Anze Kopitar doesn't suddenly fall off a cliff, like, it's you could have like you could have worse guys that are getting onto the wrong side of 35. Mm -hmm, Totally. Right. He's I, and I feel like, I feel like there's always when players, you know, once the, the first digit in their age turns into a three, I feel like there's always a lot of panic that comes with that. Sure. But to your point, I mean, despite being 35, like there's, there's been no sign of slowing down. He's been with a couple exceptions. He's been healthy most of his career Mm -hmm. and, yeah, like you said, I mean, if there was if there was a guy, you know, in the 30 plus age group that I was willing to kind of, you know, hitch my wagon to, it's Anze Kopitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I look at this, right? And I look at, and like this team again, like you, you look at prospects, right? And like I, you've, you've got guys that, in my opinion, like I would consider graduated, right? Like you've got your Quentin Byfield, who I think is on this team. And I think he's, you know, so I don't really consider him a prospect, even though he's only 20 at this point, like, but he's there. Like I think Arthur, he's, Ka- Arthur Kaliev. Yeah. You know, other guys. Um, so, I, you know, you look at that, but I mean, and it just, the list goes on and on and on, right? Like Alex Turcott is a guy that still, I think people have high hopes for Brant Clark's a player. I love just absolutely mm-hmm. love, you know, uh, Helga Grand's Brock Faber, like this, you know, again, like just the defense, like they have a young blue line and yet they have all these other, deep like they're they're they've they've become anaheim like they've got all these (laughs) these just ridiculous blue line prospects which i just you know i i think this team's gonna be a lot of fun i don't but i look at this team and i don't know if if last year's an aberration and I, i i wonder if this team takes a step back i don't think so i mean i i mean the defense is more or less the same right mm-hmm and, you know, I, I could see a situation where maybe the goaltending takes a step back, as I said, you know, if yeah. if, if, if Jonathan Quick, because, you know, Jonathan Quick played, you know, he was at a above average goalie last year. I mean, it was his his best season in five years. Right. Yeah. So I think you could make a pretty convincing argument that he might come to back down to earth a little bit. For sure. But but Cal Peterson is right there. Yep. Right. And on top of that, I, you know, I I was quite fond of their forward group last year. And, you know, you add Kevin Fiala to the mix, you're you're hoping that Kempe and Moore uh, can build on what they've done. You're hoping that Ayafalo and Arvidsson bounce back and you're hoping for another good year out of Byfield and mm-hmm. Kaliev and Kupari. Yep. And, you know, you want Gabe Velarde to take a step like there's just the forward group. Like for me, there's so much positivity on the forward group. There's so much opportunity for growth and there's so much just excitement yeah. like I, I i do feel like i don't know i i don't feel comfortable saying that they'll be better than last year i would be surprised if they were worse i think the forwards have 
gotten infinitely better. I think the defense, the defense is the same, which for this team is good. And yeah, maybe the goaltending is a bit tough, but I think they can mitigate any issues there. I'm, I, I was a little unsure as to what to say a couple weeks ago, but you know, I, I feel much better and we'll obviously get into it much better about, um, where I place, you know, all these teams in the standings. I, I think if LA adds a defenseman, I think they're going to have a lot to say about, you know, Edmonton, Calgary being the top three. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? And like, this is a team that again, like you, you look at what they, you know, you look at the, how they did the, in the regular season. And this is a team that took Edmonton. Uh, it did, did, did Edmonton or Toronto win the hypothetical cup? I don't know. I, uh, I never heard. Ed, well, well, you know, they played each other in the in the hypothetical cup final. Um, right. I think I, I, I don't think know who the victor on... was, though. But Edmonton, you know, yeah. this is a this is a team that brought the Edmonton Oilers to seven games. Yeah. Potential hypothetical cup winner. Right. <laughs> so, and, yeah, it's, and, and, it's and hard. It like, not, it was not a fluke either. Like they were good in a lot of those games. I mean, game one, game one in Edmonton. Total shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, and that yeah it's um i don't know i just the more i look at this roster it's just it's hard for me to sleep on them it's just hard because like i look at them right because i i feel like i'm looking at them and i'm trying to think of it like where i'm ranking them and for me i have the vancouver canucks in fourth if i recall correctly i (laughs) you know what's funny is I know where I want to place the Canucks this week, and I'm really nervous that it's different from where I placed them last week. Because <laughs> to me, when I look at this, this is how I rank it, and it's not even like, and I, I know people are going to think this is a slight on the Kings. I just, I don't like the blue. Like, I like the blue line, but I don't love the blue line. Sure. I like the goaltending, but I don't love the goaltending. Sure. Sophomore slumps are a real thing. Mm-hmm. To me, like when I'm ranking the middle things, and maybe it's because I just like Dick riding the Golden Knights for some unknown reason, I would Golden Knights, <laughs> Canucks, Kings, and it's not even a knock on the Kings. I just think the Golden Knights are going to be better. I think the Golden Knights are are going to have a better year. Their goaltending, yes, is definitely a question mark, but I think they have the offense that they should be able to outscore their problems. And I think Bruce Cassidy is a hell of a coach. So you and I obviously are very different on this debate. Because I like yes, sophomore slumps are they're, they're definitely a thing. But I mean, really, if just looking at it for me, you know, Arthur Kaliev is really the only sophomore slump candidate, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody else was just they were decent. You know, they had mm-hmm. a hand on the wheel. But that's true. Kal- Kaliev was a needle mover for them. He's and 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 I think maybe Sean Dursey as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean. Kempe's been around for a while and he's finally broken through. Same with Trevor Moore. And you're, I mean, if you're an LA Kings fan, you want more out of Victor Arvidsson. You want more out of Alex Iafallo, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, I I get what you're saying. And I do agree. uh, Kaliev and Dursey for sure. Mm -hmm. Regression candidates. But between, you know, I think there's also... Um, you know, some bounce back candidates as well. Like I think mm-hmm. Cal Peterson, I think Cal Peterson will bounce back. They, they I think so. he has to, he has to, Absolutely yeah. has and, to. you know, I, I, I think that the bounce back candidates and the, um, building on their growth candidates, I think will mitigate the regression candidates. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, right? Like, I think, like, these three teams, dart throws to me. I felt that way a week ago. I'm not so sure now. Well, well then enlighten me. Tell me, tell me how I'm wrong. Uh, well, not that you're wrong no, per no, I, se. I, I know, but <laughs> like, I'm, and and I think there's definitely some recency bias here. I think it's because we talked about Vegas today. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, I have a hard time. I have a hard time putting Vegas above LA or Vancouver. Hmm. I mean, the defense is good. As we talked about, they have yep. the big three over there, but the forwards, huge project. The goaltending, God knows what's going to happen. Like Vegas, I think has a good team and I think they have the potential to do well, but they're one injury away from completely crumbling. If you ask me fair. Yeah, that's fair. And I think LA, especially at forward, LA and Vancouver, both at forward, I think, could mitigate an injury um you know vancouver i think has better goaltending than la i think the defense is probably about the same Mm -hmm. but both la and vancouver's forwards i think are way better than vegas and and vancouver and vancouver you know they they just extended jt miller Mm -hmm. they're by all accounts are close to extending bo horvat like that core is going to be together for a long time in vancouver and same in los angeles and you know, Vegas, I like what they're doing over there at forward, but it's it's a slippery slope, if you ask me. I agree. And maybe asking the Golden Knights to stay healthy is a big ask on my part. Um, I just, I feel like with the way things went last year, mm-hmm. I just, can things go that badly again? Like, I, I feel like, like the wheels for the Golden Knights last year completely came off. I'm thinking if you can keep at least three or four wheels on the cart, like you can lose a wheel. I just don't know if I just I don't know if it's wise to just assume that they're all four wheels are going to fall off again. Sure, and I I get that. The the counter that I would make to that and it's not so much about the wheels falling off, but like Vegas lost their best goal scorer, didn't replace him. No, that's fair. The their best goalie's on the shelf and they haven't repl- they've replaced the minutes but you know jury's still out on the, whether they've yeah. replaced the impact. Yeah, I think and maybe, you know, for me I think the thing cuz I had a really like I struggled with this, man. Cuz like again, I like I think things are going well in LA. I don't think if I don't think that LA even if like if the standings go the way I think it is, I don't think that's bad news for LA. Cuz I still think everything is going right for LA. And I think that Rob Blake has done a hell of a job. And I think, you know, like, even if it's, so if this season, like if they miss the playoffs this season, it's not the end of the world because they're still, they're just going to get better. I'll, I'll tell, I'll do you one better. Mm -hmm. If, if LA can acquire, like if LA can pick up a really good defenseman, you know, yeah, like a, not anybody who's a world beater, but just somebody decent, like, you know, like, like, um, you know, Calgary picked up, Mackenzie Weger, Edmonton retained Brett Kulak, somebody in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think LA, I think LA could make the Alberta teams nervous. Hmm. Like if it like, yeah, I'm not there. You know, I mean, I, it, it's definitely a bold, it's a bold take for sure. But I don't know for me, the forwards are there. The goaltending is there. The defense just needs a little work. Uh, Marty in the chat asking, uh, who do you think has the better covered LA or Anaheim? I think LA. 
Is it a compound if I say both? Um, no, I would say, and and this might be a weird answer. I would say L.A. only because Anaheim's young talent they're not they're not in the cupboard like they're on the team. Yeah, you know, like uh, you know, Ma- Mason McTavish he's nineteen. Troy mm-hmm. Terry he's I mean Troy Terry he's twenty four, but he's kind of part of that young uh, that young group. You know, Trevor Zegris is only I believe Trevor Zegris is twenty one or twenty, and they've got a lot of young i mean even you know you've got your other max comtois who we talked about last week isaac lundestrom you know both guys are 23 years old like there's their prospects you know or what you would classify as a prospect are on the roster already where la has more they've got more backfill guys they've got more guys waiting in the wings yeah i i I like la's better especially and it's it's hard because like we when we talked about the ducks earlier like Mm -hmm. I again I look at like the I, I look at the Ducks right and it's like I have more faith in that team than Verbeek does as far as like where they are in the <laughs> rebuild so like that gives me pause whereas like LA I just look and it's just like I said like they have they they have like a just a disgusting blue line pipeline uh working right now and that and that's not it like they've you know they've got like Quentin Byfield and Alex Turcott, who might be a one-two punch down the road. Like, it's just they—they they just have an embarrassment of riches in LA, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an embarrassment of riches in Southern California. Let's be real. There is, yeah, and uh, like I, and again, right? Like, I don't think I, I'm not trying to discount what Anaheim has. I just I think Anaheim also has a really good pro- product like prospect pool. I just I just mm-hmm. think if I had to pick between the two, I'm I'm taking LA. No matter how you slice it, it's like it's this is disgusting. a rough a rough time to be a Sharks fan. It it absolutely is. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't know. It's it's interesting because um, so so what's your what was your final ranking? Sorry, you're going L.A., so, Vancouver, Vegas. Yes. So yeah, L.A. three, L.A. three, Vancouver four, Vegas five, and I believe I said Vancouver four last week. I hope I did. I think you did. Um. So. We're still there, and then I believe just for a callback, I what did we six seven eight? I think we said Anaheim. I think I said Anaheim, San Jose, Seattle, or Anaheim, Seattle, San Jose, I, or I maybe have... Seattle, Anaheim. <laughs> See, this is what <laughs> everybody's in fifth. Everybody's, everybody's in, fifth. in fifth. You know what I mean? Like I always, I don't know. I like it changes from week to week because it, last it really week, does. last week I was like, yeah, Vegas is in third. You're not changing my mind. Now I'd be surprised if they go higher than fifth. You know, it, it, it's it's a moving target. You know, yeah. I I mean, again, I think for me, the reason why I have why I am high on Vegas is because I think, I think every, last year everything that went wrong could go wrong, and I sure I, I think the chance of that happening again. And I also, I really like I the, the the thing that really put me over for them is I really like Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, it's a it's an excellent point to make. Don't don't make a mistake about it. Like that's. Yeah. You know, the the you know, there's definitely some debate on as to whether, you know, how much a coach actually does. But I think it does help when you have one of the best coaches in the league, you know, a guy a guy who can get a lot out of players, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna be very fascinating. I, I mean, we're obviously both very definitive with our rankings, but at the same time I well, it's a I, blender, though. Like, I, 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 like, I, I want to be definitive because, like, the, the otherwise, like, what are we doing? 
Right. Like, I feel like if we're going to do this, we have to be definitive. But like those three teams could finish in any order. And I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing. Like, it's, you know, even though we came up with, you know, we obviously came up with an answer, but it's it is a blender. It's 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 a blender. Um, You brought it up earlier. uh, The Canucks signing JT Miller to a seven year, eight million dollar AV contract uh, has a no movement clause until 2025, 2027, 2627. And then the 15 uh, team no trade from 27, 28 till its completion. Um, I like this deal. The only thing I don't like about this deal uh, we were talking about this before we went on air. Is I just I hate contracts that pay guys a lot of monies into their late thirties. Mm-hmm. Like I just I I don't know what the answer is, right? Because you could make the counterclaim that well, you know, you have guys that get signed to contracts that pay them for what they might do, and they haven't actually done anything. Right. A lot of these guys, like obviously, like JT Miller has done things, so like he's earned the money. I don't know. I just I hate this. I hate the deals that end in like $8 million for someone who's going to be like, you know, in their late thirties when the contract's over. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. And I, and I'm, I really, really like JT Miller. I'm a, like, he's probably one of my favorite players to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm with you. I think he's worth the money full stop. I mean, he, I mean, shit, dude, he had 99 points this year. Yep. And, you know, last year, uh, you know, pretty much since he's been in Vancouver, the Van- funnily enough, his time in Vancouver has been the best time of his career, who not many guys can say that. Right. And so I, I'm with you. I think he's earned the money. That said, he does. He plays a very, a very taxing game. I mean, he's he's regularly regularly in triple digits for hits. Mm-hmm. He blocks a good amount of shots you know he's you know taking face-offs which you know face-offs they may seem like not a big deal but you know over time guys hacking at you whacking at you battling like that adds up you know and i like the player i think the player is worth the contract but you know we get to you know we get to 2027 who's to say you know i i I could see because of how demanding um you know, the game is for someone like JT Miller, all the stuff that he does beyond scoring points. It, it, it does have me curious as to how that's going to end up um, shaking out. And and I know, you know, I had mentioned it just a couple minutes ago, you know, obviously Vancouver supposedly close on Bo Horvat as well. So that's obviously good for them. I mean, he's their captain and he's kind of the face of this era of the Canucks. But it does make you think, I mean, if JT Miller's at 8 million and Elias Pettersson is at, you know, seven and a quarter million, like, is there money for JT Miller, or I'm sorry, Bo Horvat? is there ice time for Bo Horvat? And, you know, I think it's smart to bring JT Miller in, but I do wonder if there will be any corresponding moves along with it. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And if you do, um, if you want to hear our thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks more in depth, uh, be sure to check out our last show where we uh, talked about the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I again like I I like the I like I love the player. Yeah, I like the deal. I just again I just I I more often than not like these long the guys that are signed to like these huge money deals like at the end of their contracts it's it's not great. Like if Vancouver turns around and surprises us all and wins a cup, then who cares, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the argument that I always have for like the Sharks long term deals, right? Like if they won a cup in 2016 or 29, do we give a shit? Probably. I mean, we still probably care because the team will still be bad, but. <laughs> But you know what I mean? At least there's something to show for but it. But there's something case. to show for it, right? It's like, well, yeah, the, it sucks, but that was the price we had to pay to win. And that's, unfortunately, I think, for for contracts like that, that is unfortunately the difference. And only one team ultimately every year wins the cup. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, to see how it pans out, because I agree. I wonder what the corresponding moves are going to be in Vancouver. Um other than that, though, I think we have uh, run out of things to talk about. Sad times. <laughs> it's weird. We're we're not even at ninety minutes yet. I know. I, we need news. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious. You know, and and you know, make it quick. You know, but I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know what you think about the Tim Stutzla extension oh again right like you're paying it it's it's the big conundrum i think in hockey is like paying guys for things that they've already done and might not do going forward like for the entire term of the contract and then um i i think i i really liked him too so i think he's probably Mm -hmm. going to be worth the money definitely but it's you know but is he worth the money right now probably not yeah, I, I I would agree completely. I, I good player, gonna be worth it one day. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, you know, he's only played two seasons in the NHL and he had fifty eight points. Yeah. Like that's good for a sophomore, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more room to grow and, and it's not guaranteed and you know, they're gonna need to pay to bring it, who's got arbitration rights. Yeah. And they signed Claude Giroux. Josh Norris got a contract. Brady Kachuk got a contract. contract. Yeah, Matthew Joseph got a contract. Not big bucks, but decent money. You know, it. it, it and I kind of said as a joke off air, but like, I, it makes me wonder if you know Ottawa knows something about the salary cap that we don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think I don't Dorian's know. just happy that he he's, he's allowed to spend money, and he's just like <laughs> someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's like when you it's like when you get to spend your own money and not your parents, and you start like just spending it frivolously because it's your money i feel like sure. that's pure dorian right now and also you know the you know the senators they actually have they they've got uh they've got quite a bit of dead money on their hands as they well do. um you know there's just some you know some quick math they've got about they've got about five million bucks just over five million bucks in dead money and most of that's not going to go away for two years so it is kind of make you nervous but at the same time you know it'll work out you know it looks like it may work out for them where you know everybody will be making big bucks once the dead bucks are gone yeah we'll see um i thought that was an interesting signing i thought i thought the kirby doc extension was stupid like yeah we were talking about that off air um like i i and i'm a person like you know i'm definitely pro player Mm -hmm. like if you get your money good for you you know what i mean but Kirby Doc's best season was he had twenty like he had twenty six points in seventy games. Like that's barely yeah. better. Like that's barely and I know, you know, difference being Kirby Doc, he's twenty one years old. Yep. Plenty third overall pick, plenty of room to grow, plenty of room to develop. But like in three seasons, he's 
barely done more than like Dylan Gambrell and you give him three and a half million bucks. Like you want to give him, you want to give him a big contract. It does. It does seem really bad. Right. Like you want to give him a big contract, like whatever, like Montreal is a crappy team. It ultimately doesn't matter, but I'm just having a hard time understanding why this was drawn out for so long. Yeah. Like I like Kirby doc too, but I think like, and I, 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 and again, right. You're paying him for hopefully what he's going to do. But I don't know, like Montreal, Montreal's just been such a head scratchy team for a while now. Right. And there's, there's been, you know what I'm, and, and you know what? And, and Jeffrey I, in the chat, like I, my chat thing's not working, but uh, Jeffrey in the chat saying, sure. But what if doc has a Tage Thompson breakout season is it's, it's a gamble for sure. And I think that's what you're hoping. Totally. For, right? And, but, but even that, like, <laughs> like that's crazy too. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I, I threw it, I said it on Twitter, like, you know, this podcast likes Tage Thompson. We do. I don't know if we like him at seven and a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it feels, and, and again, same thing, you know, Tage Thompson, he's, um, he's 25. So, you know, it's not like you're giving a 30 year old an eight year deal. I understand that, but right. you know, he, again, one season where he had 38 goals. Yep. Seven and a quarter million a year for eight years, seven years. Like, it, it, you know, and who, and you know, maybe Tage Thompson becomes a hundred point player and we sound stupid, but at the same time, maybe Tage Thompson is the 14 points in 38 games player and it doesn't look so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the gamble, right? Um, I mean, I obviously like, I like Tage Thompson. I hope he does well. I hope that he definitely earns that money. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely it's, it's a concern, right? And I think it's like, mm-hmm. when you look at the sharks, like we have to figure out what they're going to do with Timo Meyer. You know, I'm still, I don't know. I'm still expecting, I don't know. I know it's kind of like the, it's the gray cloud over everything, but I don't, I just don't see it weighing on fans and the organization as much as the hurdle cloud did. You know, like I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm still team sign him before the season starts to lock him in at a good number. But I wouldn't like if we get ten games in and and Hurt Meyer's got ten points, like I could see him be like, yeah, all right, do it, sign it. You know what I mean? Sorry, like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it being. It, it, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: if it does end up being a drawn out process, I'll be surprised. Just yeah. especially because because Hurdle signed long term. Like if Hurdle had bailed, completely different story. But Hurdle's here, like he's locked yeah. up long term. I feel like that makes it easier for Meyer to do the same. I it's it I, I agree and I think I would agree more if the same people that signed Tomas Hurdle or would be the same people that are going to sign Timo Meyer. Like sure. The, the regime change does I think muddy the waters a little bit. I mean, whatever happens with Meyer is gonna is gonna really determine where the Sharks are going. Right, you know? and then we said the same thing. Like that's why I think it's similar to Hurdle because I feel like that's what we said all last year about Hurdle. Yeah, I mean, if, if you ask me, like if if Meyer signs, then this is a quick turnaround, or at least it's attempted to be a quick turnaround. Correct. Two years, two years, maybe three. Yeah, but if Meyer goes, this is a five to seven year process. Yeah, I think that's fair, and. It all kind of hinges on Meyer, and I do, I do agree. I want if Mike Greer was in power last year, 
does Hurdle still get the contract offer? I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like, I think that that is the – I think it's an incredible thought experiment because I'm not sure, again, either, if, you know, if that's the direction they go. I mean, Tomas Hurdle is not going to play on our three-third lines, so – I mean, I, and and the thing is, I don't know. I and and if he does, like, I just I don't know. I was thinking about this yesterday, and like, if let's just say Timo Meyer does resign, it ends up being like for eight million dollars, which I think is probably fair for him. Mm-hmm. Like, can we at least agree that if he does sign for eight million dollars a year, it's a fair deal? If Timo signs for eight million, yeah, it's yeah, because 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 there's been a lot of. I don't know. I've and and it always happens. Like I shouldn't be surprised at this point. But like, you know, you always. I can't believe they're gonna give Meyer eight million dollars. You know, for eight over eight years, and it's like, why? I feel like like, it, like, like if you're 25. going to give right like that that and that's and that is the thing. That's the thing that that gets me right. Like I understand that the Sharks have been burned by eight year contracts, but the Sharks have been burned worse by the age of those people that when these contracts are coming up. Yeah. Right. And I feel like Timo Meyer is the guy that you give the money to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's, he's shown to have chemistry with your best player. Why wouldn't you want to keep him around? Mm -hmm. You know, aside from hurdle and Meyer and you know, like it's been, it's been a long time since the sharks have had like a home grown, talent like stick around and go all the way through like couture like couture is obviously the most recent one but you know even things i think things are kind of rocky on that boat a little bit and pavelski left marlo left yep so you know i think with meyer here there's a real opportunity and i don't know i just think eight years at a 25 years old completely fair eight million bucks i think is completely fair and I, yeah, I, I, perv- I mean, obviously, but like, like, as long as he can maintain like these point totals, right? Like, if he goes back to twenty twenty, Timo Meyer, that's not. Which I I I don't I, think and, he's going and, to though. That that's the thing, right? That well, and that's the thing. Like, pr- like you know, I just don't see, I just don't see a scenario where that happens, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, his first three years, you know, he grew every year, really good, and then um, nineteen twenty. What happened? The Sharks were bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all kinds of, the you know, coach was fired, player, you know, players leave, all that kind of stuff. But even then, like, people for, you know, people love to look, oh, 49 points in 70 games, what a bum. People forget that Meyer was the Sharks MVP that year. Yeah. People God, forget that. Ass. <laughs> that's what, But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then 2020, 2021, and we, mm-hmm. dude, how many times have we talked about this? Yeah. Like, you know, what is, you know, Meyer... I, I bitched a lot about Timo Meyer that season. I thought his shot selection was atrocious. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we always went back to, his most consistent center was injured half the yeah. season. You can only do so much. Yeah. And I thought, considering the circumstances, it's a hub season, injured center, bad shot selection. Yeah, I thought Meyer did that year. to Couture. Right. And then now, like, if you ask, like, those two... I don't even want to say they're bad seasons. Like they're so-so mm-hmm. seasons, if you ask me. Behind him had a hell of a year this year. No reason to think he's not with Hurdle again this year. Right. I'm expecting 90 points. I'll be honest with you completely. Yeah, I think I think anything. I think 90s. What you would like to see. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. I, I, it just, and I, and you know, like the point that you made about getting burned by eight year contracts, like I understand why a lot of Sharks fans are gun shy anytime someone's a free agent. Like I completely mm-hmm. understand it. But at the same time, I feel like it is, you know, being burned. I feel like it has made a lot of people blind to how good a player is. Like people were peeing their pajamas over Timo Meyer last year. But now he's going to be a free agent all of a sudden. Well, he's not actually that good and we shouldn't keep him. Like, I just feel like anytime that free agent tag comes up, it's mm-hmm. just like people just want to forget how good the player was. Yeah. And I feel like, and again, right. Like, and maybe like we, I don't say like us personally are partially to blame, but, but maybe because like, obviously like we talk about how unexcited we are for this team this year, how bad we think this team is going to be. And I think that, people forget that you can have really good players on a bad team. Exactly. Right. Like I, I feel like it's like, like fan bases either super overvalue their players or they completely undervalue. And it depends on how the team is doing. Like when a team is bad, then everyone has like no value and everyone sucks and no one deserves any money. And when they're really good, then everyone's like, Oh man, this guy, you know, if we're going to trade this guy, he should get us like six first round picks. And right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like it, i don't know i just i mean i know like i get it like the sharks have been bad the last three years there's no reason to think that it's going to be any different this year like i get it but you know i and and maybe i'm in the minority on this but i to me it makes sense like it's the smart move to build around Hurdle and build around Meyer. Like, I understand Hurdle uh, is 28, going to be 29. I understand that Meyer is 25, going to be 26. I get it. Mm -hmm. But to me, like, these are your guys. These are your horses. I'm still... I know, you know, Couture can say whatever he wants about loving being in San Jose. Mm -hmm. If Burns is gone, I wouldn't be surprised if Couture is right behind him. As much as as I like Couture the player and think he's still a really good player... Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a way, like, you know, I'm kind of of the belief that the Sharks can have their cake and eat it, too, where they do rebuild, but it's not a long, drawn-out process. I mean, for, I know, we, like, people say the Sharks need to rebuild, they need to do this, they need to do that. That's what they've been doing the last three years. All they've been doing is accumulating talent the last three years. Um, AO in the chat saying like, if, if hurdle, uh, sorry, if Meyer is that good, why wouldn't we trade now for assets to the rebuild? Why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't Meyer go to a contender team instead? I think, look at, there's, there's two, there's two answers to that question. One, there's a finite amount of money that's going to be available, uh, in the NHL, like on NHL teams, like the cap's not making any significant bumps. Now, can the sharks you know what do the sharks have to do if they sign meyer to a big contract but is that money going to be out there if you trade him the the thing is and this is this is the thing that i keep going back to right is like i think Kimo meyer is good i think if it depends on what you think the turnaround for this team is and now i think management thinks that this is going to be a quicker turnaround than maybe a lot of us think but i still think like if they believe that they are that they can come out of this quicker not you know not right away but quicker then like don't you want 
a guy like Timo Meyer on the team when you turn that corner. Now, is that realistic? I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, like it, it I, I really, and that's why, and that's why I say like, it's fascinating because it's really going to give us an idea of how the sharks like management, how Mike Greer looks at this team. Like, I think Timo Meyer is the, the canary in the coal mine. Sure. I, I, and you know what? I mean, AJ, AJ and I talked about it like a year and a half ago. And, you know, we, we both agreed like with the direction the sharks are going, like you have to, with respect to hurdle and Meyer, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to keep both or you have to trade both. And I know the regime has changed. I understand that. Yeah. But hurdle's still here. At that point, I mean, you're kind of I, – I feel like you have to commit to Meyer at this point. I mean, they, you don't – like, there's a very obvious chemistry there. They obviously play well together. Like, to me, even if you're a rebuilding team, if you've got two guys who gel together, yeah. you don't break that up unless you're sending them both out the door. Right. Or or unless, you know, look at if Timo doesn't like if for some reason Timo's like, well, I want out, then obviously you trade him. Right. Like if you can't get oh, pen to paper, like if absolutely. you if you don't have pen to paper by the trade deadline, then my opinion changes completely. Sure. If the trade deadline shows up and he is not signed yet, you don't let him <laughs> sign a QO out and walk him out the door in free agency. You trade him now. Yeah. And, and even if he takes the even if he takes which. I've been saying it all along. I think him taking the QO, QO is extremely unlikely. Right, because I think he's going to either be signed or gone, and it won't matter. Right, and but that's the thing. If he, and you know, even if he takes the QO, mm-hmm. trade him. You, you know, and you, you and because why? What do you <laughs> once, mean? Once, yeah, because if he signs his QO, you're stuck with him for the year. Is it the whole year, or I is it just? So. Okay, we'll have to look into that. But, yeah. but, but you know, at the same time, you know, that's. Sim, I and we talked about it before, where I'm not really a fan of the way that Matthew Kachuk went about things. Mm-hmm. But at, at least Matthew Kachuk was up front and said, "Hey, I'm not signing here." Yeah, yeah, I think like, and I think that changes like again. So my my opinion is like, if you if you extend him, if the plan is to extend him, you extend him. But if he's not signed by the trade deadline, you absolutely move him. Sure, that's fair. I mean, what it all boils down, I think it. I mean. I know there are a couple people in the chat have said, you know, that Meyer, which I I don't know where this comes from, but have said that Meyer seems driven by money. I don't know where that comes from, but because he's European, so is Hurdle. (laughs) Just saying, but you know, I even if that's the case, let's just say, like, you know. What it boils down to is how does he feel about San Jose, the city and the team? Does he love because if you because here's the thing, if he wants to be on the Sharks and he loves the city of San Jose, would you what would you do? Would you have would you have 10 million for one year and potentially burn a bridge and make yourself look like a shady character? Or would you take 64 million over eight years and build a good relationship and have stability? Oh, that's, that's been my argument the whole time. Like, yeah, why, me too. why have 10 million when you can have lots of millions? Like, <laughs> exactly. Like I've always, I, I, I've always, I, I've always agreed with that. Right. Um, like, but again, like I still think though, but if you don't have pen to paper, like you, you can't chance it at that point though. Right. Like you have to, 
you can't let them walk to nothing. Right. And, and, and it's weird because even though he is a restricted free agent, there are extenuating circumstances that have, you know, kind of muddy that water a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I look at, I'm reading in the chat. Like, I don't know Timo Meyer. Me and Timo Meyer are not buds. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he is just driven by cash. I don't know. I think we make a lot of assumptions about people we don't know. But that's the thing. Nobody, nobody knows. Like I've seen a couple people mention like, Oh, do you see how Timo Meyer presents himself on social media? It's like, yeah, doesn't like unless he's got the money phone i don't know that he <laughs> likes money you I mean, know sure. and even look at look at i i do i think we all like the finer things in life absolutely do i think that because of that timo meyer has no loyalty to this team i don't like i just i don't know timo meyer so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and tell you how loyal he is to the team and and even and again i'm if it seems like i'm picking on people don't no no think no i'm that not picking is. on you I, we're I just, just i'm just talking like yep. you know there's another person saying you know hurdle has loyalty from the sharks taking care of him when his knee was out now while i believe that to be true unless you are like friends with hurdle i don't know that anybody knows that for absolute certainty i mean the the sharks like but that's their job like that's the whole thing right like well yeah they're like the law tells them to. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like I, I feel like we make a lot of assumptions about people that we well, don't know based and, on. And and that's the thing. If somebody, you know, anybody, if they don't go on social media and every day tweet out, I love the Sharks, couldn't you question everybody on whether or not they love a team? Uh, like, oh, like, okay, I so, don't like this team at all. Yeah, okay, so whatever. So Timo Meyer hasn't posted a Sharks logo on his Instagram in five months. Does that mean he wants to be traded? Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, Christ again, maybe idea. he does. Like, I, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not, like, again, I'm not trying to discount anything. I'm just saying that I'm not going to sit here and tell you what Timo Meyer's thinking because I don't know. Nobody, you don't know unless you're his family or his friend. And we and everybody in the chat are not that. Although, if you are friends with Timo Meyer, let us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Leave us a comment. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like okay. So we've we've dragged this out long enough. I feel like we uh I don't know. We talked about Timo Meyer for fourteen minutes. I I love me some Timo Meyer. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh but I feel like we just we're we're just gonna beat a dead horse at this point. Um obviously look at again, as always, man, appreciate you guys coming out and supporting us. Uh obviously we're getting in September, so the season is fast approaching, but there is nothing going on. So the fact that you choose to come here and give us, you know, an hour or so of your time, amazing. We always appreciate it. Uh if you again, uh as always, if you want to help us out, the best way to help us out, leave us a like. If you want to get really froggy, uh if you're not subscribed, subscribe. Super, super froggy, hit the bell. Um, and always, like I said, if you have something that you want to think that we discussed or missed a point or something else, leave us a comment. Uh, if there's something that I can reply to your comment, and then I will do my best to uh, reply to your comment. Um, so, yeah. Um, jerk, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, you know, I, I was expecting like a... A, a total shift uh, of the landscape in the Pacific Division um, going from last year to this year, this coming year. But the more I think about it, and obviously now we've done, you know, this is this is our fourth uh, 
Pacific Division preview show. Mm-hmm. And the more that I'm like really thinking about everything, I think like next year's or I should say this year's Pacific Division standings are going to be very, very similar to last year's. And that's not what I expected. You know, I expected some people to drop. I expected some people to rise. I wasn't really expecting everything to stay the same, but my impression of the situation that is, is going to stay the same. And I think that makes things very interesting. I, I, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if maybe a team like LA or Vegas or Vancouver, you know, somebody in the blender, I wonder if, if maybe, you know, last year there was a bit of, we'll see, whereas Mm -hmm. this year it feels more, like they kind of know where they're at, and I wonder if we see one of those three teams be more aggressive with making a move. I mean, because I, the Golden I mean, you can't, right? But like <laughs> you know, like like specifically with the LA Kings, like yeah. you know, it was like obviously you know last year for LA it was found money, but they got to a point where they knew they were going to be a playoff team, and I was mm-hmm. surprised that they didn't make a move to supplement their roster. And I wonder if they'll do something different this year. I wonder if Vancouver will do that as well. And maybe even Vegas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's, it, it is, it is interesting. It, it does feel like the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm a little more froggy on, on the standings, but again, like I, I say that as I call it the blender. <laughs> um, AJ in the chat saying that there's going to be a show this Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. So definitely uh, make your way back to this channel for that. Um, my final thoughts are, yeah, look at, I think the Pacific's going to be a fascinating division. I'm, I'm really curious to see how it shakes out. I'm not very confident in my rankings, but I, I've given them. So again, if you want to tell me how crap my rankings are, and if you want to tell me that I need to just seriously just stop stop dick riding the golden knights let me know in the comments and i will try to break my dick riding addiction to the golden knights i don't know why i, do it. <laughs> I don't know what it is guys i don't know what it is I, maybe i just it's a self-hate thing i don't know um again so uh for this show um next week i don't think we're gonna do wednesday because i think i work like until nine which means like come home and i have like no time to eat and do this so it's going to be either tuesday or thursday we will let you know uh, as we get closer to the time uh we are going to be discussing the alberta teams and then i don't know what the hell we're going to do for the rest of the season but uh we will figure it out um as always again thanks hockey jerk for being here uh thank you guys in the chat and uh yeah maybe we'll jump in the court in a little bit um but other than that though guys again super appreciate it um I have to do all the outro stuff. You know the drill. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on all the social media. Like, subscribe. All of that fun, 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 fun stuff. And uh, that's it. Thanks, guys.